Today I want to discuss some things specific to men, but if you're a woman, I just want to encourage you, just keep listening. Maybe if you're single, you can look for these characteristics in the man you're going to marry someday. And if you're married, you can forward this on to your husband. So in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, it says, A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will attain unto wise counsel. You know, I think today we're, we're in a society, we're in a place where people are learning. I mean, people put a lot of value on education and on learning things. If you look at high schools, you know, they're teaching the kids to just get the best grades they can so that they can get into the best college they can so that they can make the, get the best degree they can so they can make the most money. And so in, as a society, we've connected learning and education with money. The more education you get, supposedly the more money you're going to make. And so as a result of that, a lot of people today value education. They value learning. If you open up the internet on a phone or a computer, you can pretty much look up anything and you can learn in-depth knowledge about it. You can learn anything you can ever imagine. You can search for it. You can pull up books and video tutorials and articles and blogs and all sorts of things about you know how to do that particular thing. So I think as a society, we're sort of uh, very infatuated with learning. But one thing that I think a lot of people lack is what it says in the second part of this scripture. It says, a man of understanding will attain unto wise counsel. You see, you can learn a lot of facts. You can learn a lot of knowledge. But if you're learning it from people who are not wise, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be led astray. There's a pretty good chance that that information is going to be something that might hurt you. You know, I think of it like, you know, if you've ever been sick, I, I've had a cold and I'm searching, you know, cough and sore throat and maybe I slept wrong. So my neck is stiff and I, I searched that too. And next thing you know, you're on a page about meningitis and you think you're going to die. And, and so looking at information on the internet is not necessarily going to lead you to the right um, facts around what's actually going on with you. And if you were to go to a doctor and, and tell them the same circumstances, they would tell you, oh, you, you have a cold and you probably slept wrong. And so you see the value of wisdom is somebody who's been through these situations can take all of the learning and all of the knowledge and actually point out things that you may have missed in your search and point out areas that you may be lacking. And so as men, we're called to be the head of the house. And it's important for us to understand the things that we're doing in our life and to have wise to attain unto wise counsel, to have wisdom, not looking at the things in the world and the way the world does things, but looking at the thing, the way that God does things. Because the word of God is going to be our key source of wisdom, our key source of understanding. And if we turn to that, we can be good heads of our house. Whereas if we look around us and do what the world says, we're going to end up with chaos. And, and we're going to end up in that situation where we think we're doing the right thing, but in reality, we're probably following somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. So today, as I as I begin to uh, cover things that I think are important for men to, to know, that's the first first one, which is that there's strength in counsel. There's another scripture in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 5 through 6. It says, a wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel, you will wage your war, your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And I think today as men, and I don't know about you, but the way I think about life is it's a fight. It's a battle. You know, we have 
spiritual warfare all around us. We have warfare in in society. We have to fight to get our position and where we're going to be at in life. And we have to struggle and, and wage war in different areas. It's a it's a battle. And, you know, every day we go out and we come back home and we're, we're bruised, we're, we're broken, we are, we are, we're having these results of this fight. And I think that it's important that if we're going to fight this fight of life, if we're going to fight the spiritual battle in the right way, if we're going to actually achieve the right things that we want in the war that we're waging, we need to have a multitude of counselors. And so what I think that means as a Christian is, is targeting specific people. You know, do you have a relationship with your pastor? Do you have a relationship with some people in your church that are older? You know, I, I always look for people who are wise, people who have been married for 50, 60 years, people who are, are, are seasoned in the church. And there, there are people that you can go to and you can ask them a problem. And they've been through that a hundred times before and they know the answer. And they're going to tell you whether you're being a fool or not. And they're going to be honest with you. So as a man of God, we need to learn to seek counsel, to realize that there's strength, that there's safety in a multitude of counselors. So the first thing I want to bring out for you men is to say this, look for wisdom in the word of God for every situation that you have and look for counselors, wise people that you can have in your life who will tell you wisdom from the word of God, things that they've experienced for every situation that you have. The second thing I want to bring out is, is that we as men of God, we should seek righteousness. There's a scripture in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, where Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. As men's, men of God, we need to learn how to hunger and thirst after righteousness. That word righteousness, righteousness there means to, to be right, to do the right thing before God, to do the right thing according to God. And, you know, as men, a lot of times we can justify our own actions. We can say that the way we're doing it is right. We think the way that we're doing things are right. But the reality is that at the end of times, we're going to be judged not based on our own perspective or what we thought was right, but we're going to stand before God himself and we're going to be judged according to his standard of righteousness. So it's important that we take our time today while we are still alive and while we still have the chance to hunger and thirst after righteousness to in fact try to in every area of our life act rightly you know you say you're a christian well jesus says if you love me you'll do my commandments and so the reality is when we stand before the judge what's going to be the most important thing is not that we said we believed in jesus but that we have evidence that we can prove the fact that we were a believer and so as a man, you have to learn how to act righteously, how to hunger and thirst after righteousness in every area. And if you do that, like Jesus says there, he says, for they will be filled. The people who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. And what are they going to be filled with? With righteousness. And I can tell you, not as a perfect person, but as somebody who has spent time hungering and thirsting after righteousness in various areas of my life, and not to the point of perfection yet, but I'm continuing on. And the reality is in every situation that I've hungered and thirst after righteousness, God has put a blessing on my life in that area. You know, whether it comes to work, how do you act righteously in your workplace? You know, do you show up on time? Do you work as hard as you can? What are the, what are the characteristics that you have in your work? Or what about in your home? How, do you, how are you righteous in your home? 
Do, are you, do you have the fruit of the spirit in your house? Do you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control? Or do you just yell and freak out and act like a fool? So the, this is what righteousness is. It means to, in every single area, to do the thing that's right according to God. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, it says, The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. You know, to be righteous, you have to walk in integrity. What that means is that you're consistent, you're faithful, you're going to do the right thing no matter if it feels good or not. You're going to do the right thing no matter what the world says. You're going to do the right thing no matter what your family says. You're going to stand up for righteousness no matter what situation should come, no matter how you feel about it. And that's what it means to be righteous, that you're going to walk in integrity. And like it says right there, you see after all of these scriptures about righteousness, there's always this blessing. It says, his children are blessed after him. Because by walking in righteousness in your own home, you bring a blessing not only upon yourself, but upon your children and upon your family. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16, it says, For a righteous man will fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. So I wanted to bring this out because the, uh, a righteous person, somebody who's righteous is not necessarily going to be somebody who's perfect. You're going to fall and you're going to fall because you have sinful flesh. And that's just a reality. No matter if you're a Christian and you've been saved for however many years, I don't care. You're going to fall. You're going to mess up. But a righteous person will hunger and thirst after righteousness. When I think of hungering and thirsting, I think of being in a desert. You know, if you're in a desert and you're hungering and thirsting, you're going to run as fast as you can and you're going to do whatever you can to get to a source of water and a source of food. And that's the way we're supposed to be with righteousness. We're supposed to hunger and thirst after it, seek it no matter what gets in our way. And so a righteous man will hunger and thirst after righteousness. And though he may fall, if you could think of that person in the desert, they may not make it. They may fall. They're going to get back up and start running. And so that's the way we have to see righteousness. And so I would encourage you, if you're a man of God, that you should seek righteousness in every area of your life. And by doing so, your life will be more full. A lot of people think that if you're a Christian and you're very strict and you're all according to God's word, you're going to be some kind of person who, who doesn't have anything. But the reality is, is if you act according to righteousness, you're going to be filled. Your life is going to be blessed. You're going to have a blessed marriage. You're going to be blessed at work. You're going to be blessed in every situation that you put your hand to because you're doing things right according to God. And right according to God is going to bless you in every area. And so as a man, if you want, to, if you want your family to be blessed, if you want your children to be blessed, and if you want to be fulfilled, you should seek after righteousness, hunger and thirst for it. The next thing I want to bring out is in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. It says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. You know, as a man, we are physical creatures. We are very visually stimulated. We have strong emotions. A lot of us have issues with anger. A lot of us have issues with self-doubt and with just different things inside of our hearts, things that have been uh, put in us since we were little. And so as a man, you need to learn how to keep your body under you. You need to learn how to get rid of the emo to get rid of the emotions. Uh, 
you know, a lot of people today would say that you shouldn't, you know, men should be emotional and be in touch with their emotional side and all this. And I think that's not true. And I, I don't see any scripture that that talks about that. I mean, I know we're supposed to love our wives and I know we have to be loving and we have to be righteous according to our emotions. But that doesn't mean we should be some emotional slob. That doesn't mean that we should be getting angry and, and lashing out just because of, of some little situation. We have to learn how to control our body and to control our flesh and to keep it under subjection under us. We cannot let emotions rule us. There's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11. It says, a fool vents his, his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. You know, if you're going to be wise, if you want to be a wise man of God, you need to learn how to just keep your mouth shut. If you feel, I don't care how you feel. Sometimes you need to just, just go through that feeling without saying anything. Because by opening your mouth and by venting your feelings, you cause all of this chaos around you. And sometimes as a man and as a leader, you cannot be doing that. You have to show strength even in times of desperation. And when you just whine about how tough a situation is, you ruin all that. And when you get angry with your wife and or you get angry with people around you just because you don't you feel a certain way, all of a sudden your life begins to produce unrighteous things. And so a wise man learns how to hold his feelings, learns how to hold them back. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3, it says, It is honorable for a man to stop striving, since any fool can start a quarrel. You know, a lot of times people think that a, a, a real tough macho man is some guy who picks a fight, you know, and I don't really think that's true. I think it takes a lot of times more courage to be the bigger man and to not fight with somebody and to hold your peace and to let and to rise above a situation. You know, the reality is the person who has their body more in subjection is the one who can rise above a situation and not get all emotional and angry and freak out and flip out. See, we have to have the fruit of the Spirit, and one of those fruits is self-control. And as a man, you especially need self-control over the area of your body, of your emotions, and of your flesh. We need to learn to handle these sort of situations. You know, we need to learn to handle our flesh. If you're somebody who, who has struggles with lust, like most men do, I mean, all of us do. I don't know anybody who does, and if they, if they say they don't, they're a liar to me. But I, what I think is that all of us have to learn how to keep our body under subjection in the area of lust. You know, do you go out and look at every single woman who walks by with the booty shorts on? You know, do you go out or, or when you're by yourself, are you looking at pornography? Are you engaging in sexual sin? Are you perverting your mind with all sorts of images of, of, of women and either they're real people walking by or they're people you're looking at with pornography? We need to learn how to guard our hearts in this area because by doing that, you're going to produce unrighteousness. People will say, well, you know, pornography is not a big deal. But it actually is. As a man of God, let me tell you something. If you're looking at pornography, it's robbing you from your life. It's robbing you from things that, that are meant for you and your wife. And if you're constantly looking at all these women, when you look at your, your wife, you're, gonna, you're not going to be too excited because you're dulled. Your emotions, your, your sensual feelings are dulled because you've been looking at all this other stuff. And so we have to keep our body under subjection. We have to learn how to handle these sort of situations.
And so another scripture in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10, it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So we have to keep our body under us and we have to keep our emotions at hand and we have to learn how not to faint in the day of adversity. I don't know if it's just me or if anybody else struggles with this, but sometimes some situations are so discouraging, you just want to give up. You just want to quit. You just want to say, fine, if you if you don't respect me or you don't want me here or you don't want this or you don't want that and you just want to walk away and throw up your hands and quit. And, and a lot of times we feel like that's a position of strength, like we're taking the upper hand by walking away and, and we're forcing them to come back or whatever it is. But the reality is, is, is if, we're, if we're fainting in the day of adversity, our strength is small. So we have to learn how to be strong and to continue steadfast in an area, in a path of life, even when all circumstances around us look like we're going to fail. You know, a true man continues to fight no matter how bleak the situation looks. If you look at the, the pictures of, in war monuments, you know, when you see the, the four or five dudes and they're putting up an American flag on a hill where there's enemy fire, those dudes are real men. Those are the ones who fought for this country. And those are the people that are, that are showing that in the day of adversity, their strength did not fail. And in the same way, each of us as men are, are doing a battle just like that. Are we going to rise? Are we going to raise up the Lord's standard in our home? Are we going to raise up a standard above our house saying that for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Or are we just going to give in and be like everybody else in the world? It's up to us to make that standard. It's up to us to be the head of the home and to set righteousness as our standard. And so we have to learn how to handle pressure. The next thing we have to learn to do is in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 12, which is says, A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. You know, it's one of the things that we all as Christians need to learn how to do, and us as men specifically, we need to guard our lips. We need to not walk with a perverse mouth. And so this means that when there's people around you talking perversely, talking about all sorts of perverse things, we need to learn how to set ourselves out, pull ourselves out of that conversation and to put our body into subjection and not just give in to, oh, that's funny and get into all this perverse joking, but we need to actually guard our lips and to, to walk away from that or else we're going to end up in wickedness. We're going to end up being a wicked man. And so we have to, we have to guard our lips. We have to protect what we say. And so another area that I, I think that every man of God or every man should, should uh, struggle in is this, like in verse Col uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto man. I think as, as a man, we should work hard. You know, I, I, I know some people that are lazy. You know, they don't, they don't, they're, they're not willing to get out of bed. You know, I look at the most manly men that I know. If I look at my grandpa, who, who is, you know, probably the most manly man I know, he's out, you know, I, I remember times when I would stay at his house and it's six in the morning. This guy is like 78 and he, and he, and I hear this chainsaw going on and I go outside and I see my grandpa about 15 feet up in a tree, chainsawing branches off a tree. Like this dude works hard. And I think that as men, we need to work hard. We need to go above and beyond whatever the, 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 whatever the standard is, we should go above and beyond it. 
and we should learn how to do things heartily. And when we do them, we don't do them um, as unto men, but we do them as unto the Lord. So that means that if you're in a situation where you're under a boss that you don't like, you should still work heartily. You should still work with your whole heart and don't do it as unto them, but do it as unto the Lord. If you're in the ministry, you shouldn't be serving as unto some person. You shouldn't be serving to please men. You should be serving as unto the Lord. Do it unto him. And so to be a Christian man means to be a hard worker, somebody who is willing to fight and to stay the last, the stay no matter how hard it's going to take and to continue to fight and to continue to work. So we should do things heartily as unto the Lord. And the last scripture on this point I want to read is in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 13. It says, the lazy man says, there's a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. I like this scripture because it reminds me of so many people that I've met throughout my life. You know, people that are, that you, they come up with some plan that they want to do and they, they have all these great ideas and they constantly have new great ideas of things they want to do. But they never do them. They never do it. They just talk about it. And I just want to encourage you as a man of God, listen, stop talking about everything you're going to do in the future and start doing it. Start doing it. There's not a lion out there. Nobody's going to bite you. You got to go out and get it. You got to go out and do it and quit talking about it. You know, it doesn't really help you very much to talk about your future plans and, and a lot of us, a lot of times we'll think of things we want to do and we'll get all excited and, and start really thinking about it. But the minute that we have to go do something, we realize it's going to be hard and then we quit. And so if you want to be a successful man of God, if you want to be somebody who's doing things for the Lord and, and actually investing in the kingdom of heaven and actually has a righteous family, you need to learn how to forget about the lion in the street. Nobody's going to kill you. Just get out and do the work and stop talking about it. Stop freaking out like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this thing in the future. Go do it. Go do it. Go do it. All right, and the last one, like I said here in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24, it says, The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy, will, the lazy man will be put to forced labor. So if you are a Christian man, I want to encourage you to get out there and do it. Because if you're diligent, if you just start with the smallest possible task, this is something I've learned in my life. Don't you have this grand vision of what you want to do? Okay, that's good. Keep that in the back of your head and now start with the smallest possible thing you can do to that to get to there and then go to the next one. And once you accomplish that, go to the next one. And once you accomplish that, go to the next one and keep fighting and keep pushing. And as you start to get accomplishments, you'll start to actually feel some momentum towards the goal you want to reach. So you're no longer talking about it. You're out doing it. And then as you continue to succeed in every little area, the more smaller accomplishments become bigger ones and bigger and bigger. And the next thing you know, you're actually somebody who's ruling. Like it said, the hand of the diligent will rule. When you look at people who are successful in their life, they didn't get there all in a day. They got there by trying hard, by, by pushing, by pressing, by doing things heartily as unto the Lord in every single area of their life, trying to act righteously, trying to, trying to put forward the effort that they need to do to succeed as a man of God. 
And so for you, it's the same thing. And if you don't get out and do it, you're going to end up finding yourself in a situation, like it says, that the lazy man will put to for be put to forced labor. You know, the people that work hard are the ones who get to pick the careers they want to do, are the ones who get to to choose things. It's not for everybody. Some people have um, situations where their life is just unfortunate things happen. But as a general rule, if we will work diligently, then we will be blessed. We will rule in every in every situation of our life. All right. So I want to close off with this scripture um, out here in Proverbs uh, chapter 20 or chapter five, verse 16 and ni- through 19. It says, should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water and the streets, let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving deer and a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. You know, I, I think as a man of God, we have to do one of two things. If you're a single man, you need to get yourself right. You need to get yourself right before the Lord, and you need to start fighting every single day you can to lift yourself up and to make yourself into a person that a woman of God would would want to be with. That means dealing with your sins, dealing with the issues of pornography, letting God deal with the issues in your life, and letting him prepare you to be a man of God who can have a woman of God. And if you're a woman of God, I think that you should be learning how to let letting the Lord deal with you in your life. And in every situation, a woman of God needs to be preparing for that. But since I'm talking to men today, I want to talk specifically about this scripture. It says, should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. I think this scripture here, when it's talking about fountains, is talking about your sexual gratification. You know, as men, like I said, we're physical creatures and we're people, you know, that that have physical pleasures and passions. And we have to be careful that we only allow our passions, these physical passions, to be for our wife and to be for our the wife of our youth. See, God has designed men with these physical passions and he's designed a beautiful woman so that together they can come together and and all of a sudden this explosion can happen and marriage can can just be a blessed thing. And that that like it says there, it says, let her breast satisfy you at all times. See, God made man and gave him this sexual desire and he gave woman and he made her beautiful so that the two could come together. And a lot of men today are out um, and their their fountains are being dispersed abroad. And what I think of that is like if you're looking at pornography, if you're looking at things on the Internet and, and you're you're gratifying your flesh with that, what's happening is your fountains are being dispersed abroad. And one thing that I've noticed about people who are into pornography is it just steals your strength. It steals your energy. It steals the vitality that you have inside of you that's meant to be for your wife. And it's also your drive. And when the enemy steals that drive from you, it breaks everything else in your life and you become ineffective. You become the person who's talking about everything they're going to do and not ever doing it. And so I want to encourage you, lastly, if you're men, You need to begin to either situate yourself so that you can find a woman of God or you need to put yourself in a position where you're faithful to your wife if you're married. And that means faithful in every area. 
That means faithful in your eyes. Keep your rivers, keep your, your streams, your fountains for your wife and, and not for any other thing but for her. And so with that, I just want to end. And I just want to say that, you know, God is is a good God. He's a gracious God. And he wants us men to lead. He wants us men to take the lead in the home and, and to be people who have wisdom and have understanding and, and can actually do things righteously according to his will. So I want to encourage you, get out there and do what you're going to say. Do what you say you're going to do. Stop talking about it and get it done. Act righteously. Get your body into subjection and live your life as unto the Lord and you will be blessed.